1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/recommend slash today.
2: Welcome back to KeyBank Center post-game show. Getting started as the fans file out of KeyBank Center, many of them happy as their home team won tonight 5 to 3. The final score as we welcome you back here to the press box. Brian Colziel with you. Normally, the Sabre Islander games, at least over the past handful of years, have been, in my eyes, dreadful to watch. The Islanders love to get the lead and then clamp it down and try to win one to nothing or two to one. And well, I guess for our entertainment's sake, it was a good thing the Islanders never led in this game. Buffalo had leads of one-nothing, two-one, three-one, four-one, four-two, five-three and five-three, all four-three and five three, all the way to a five-three victory. And uh, there was a little bit of everything in this one uh, power play opportunities, big saves, even a little scrum for those that like that. And uh, that was a fun moment in this game for sure. But uh, we'll react to all that here coming up on the post game. Don Granado's post game comments in a little bit, Paul Hamilton's take on this game. And uh, we'll get your player reaction too. Uh, the scrum, though, I'm no fans on social media reacting to that quite a bit. It starts where Pellick pokes Skinner. And then Skinner, of course, whacks him back. And then Martin jumps on top of Skinner. And then immediately Thompson jumps in. And then all five Sabres on the ice, including Owen Power, jump right in. And even Dustin Tokarski was only a few steps away. He was ready in case, you know, something else had to go down or somebody was maybe on the short end of that uh, melee. But uh, that's pretty exciting, I know, for Sabre fans to see that. This team has said they have, you know, each other's back. And, boy, that was on display there. But Skinner, what a pest in this game You know there's players like that throughout the league. But this pest, by the way, has 33 goals. And he's on the Sabres, which makes it kind of fun. Skinner known for being just a a fun guy to be with. Well, on the ice, the opposition just seems to want to have a piece of him all the time. We know Skinner likes to talk out there. But Chara wanted a piece of him. Uh, Pellick was whacking at him all game. We know Martin jumps on him there at the end. But uh, the officials decided to send Skinner and Pellick home there at the end. But, yeah, that player on the other team who maybe is annoying, who runs his mouth, who also is good. He's got 33 goals. Not only did he annoy the Islanders all day, but he kind of sealed the game with his 33rd of the season. So uh, Jeff Skinner on the Sabres definitely earning that big contract that uh, maybe didn't look so good a few years ago, for, or uh, just uh, maybe a season or two ago. But he amongst the Sabres that have turned it around under Don Granato, you can add Rasmus Dalin to that list, Tage Thompson to that list, Uh could it could be Casey Middlestad who got the scoring going today. All right, before we get down to the players, let's get some highlights. And the highlights are brought to you by Jim Stakeout, celebrating 40 years of mouth-watering hoagies and chicken finger subs. We go to the 12-11 mark of the opening period, a two-on-one, and Casey Middlestad fires a laser to put Buffalo on the board first.
3: And over the line for Pelic once more. He loses it, and it
2: comes to center ice and a
0: chance to Middlestad. Middlestad shoots score. goal.
2: All right, so it's Middlestad on the board first. Barzell ties it before the period ends, so we were 1 1 after 1. Now we go to the second, and the Sabres come away with their best period. The first of three on the power play early, just 117 in on a slap shot from Erasmus Dahleen. Kept in by Tuck. Tuck turning. Tuck sends it beside the net. Skinner steals it away.
3: Back for Dahleen. Fires
0: one. Stop!
1: maybe
2: home it's two to one buffalo darlene's 13th from skinner and tuck at 117 power play goal 2-1 buffalo a little bit later just less than three minutes later a blast from tage thompson oh we're going to hold the highlights for a moment we've got locker room reaction let's go downstairs and hear
4: from jeff skinner now live
0: I happened to get all that started do you think
4: uh i don't know there's a lot of emotion obviously they weren't they weren't happy and uh yeah, it's an emotional game, and I thought we did a good job sticking together. Jeff, um, you know, offensively, you guys for the last six weeks are really continuing to grow, continue to reach another level. What have you seen that's made the biggest difference, you know, that's allowed you guys to have consistency? Um, that's I think There's a lot. I think uh, – i don't know it's tough to really put a like uh, like a a single thing that that's sort of given us success i think each night it's 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 different sometimes a combination of things but uh the fact that it is consistent i think is is probably the thing that is is um is the best thing for us to grab onto is because it's hard to be like that on a consistent basis and i mean i think it just comes down to sort of winning battles i think that's if you have to sort of take one part of it, obviously you have to make plays, and, and we got skilled guys, so that's going to come out. But to me, it's, it's about winning battles and um, and working together and reading off guys. Jeff, when you're out there
0: yapping away, you're feeling good about your game, you're feeling good about the team's game. Just What is it like knowing you're getting under the other team's skin?
4: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, again, it's like one of those things where it's different every night. Sometimes I'm doing it, it's on a... Get myself in the game. Sometimes it's it's just kind of the emotions kind of run high when when uh, when sort of get into crunch time and um, yeah, tonight maybe it was more of that. I think it's just an emotional game. There's it was a little bit a little bit physical um, and that's that's pretty much uh, sort of what happened. I think. Yeah, well, How much do you think that helps? Uh, I mean,
0: you getting into the game and, and having some of that physical play. The way you scored that goal after Page rebound, rebound, how much do you think that that helped helped you get into that? I mean, you all you like to get in those dirty areas, but how much do you think
4: was helped? Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of they they kind of work together. Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's almost like a combination as in as uh, as opposed to kind of one sort of leading to the other. I think it just. Um, not only me. I think as a group, when we're when we're sort of involved in the game physically, and um, especially against a team like this, they block a lot of shots and they have a good goalie. So, if you're going to generate offense and, and you're going to sustain offensive zone time, and and, and if you're going to end up scoring on them, you're going to have to get into the middle of the ice, and um, that's obviously not where they want you to be. So it's it's going to it's going to it's going to cost something. So you have to be willing to pay that price. And Jeff, the
0: the, just the, you know, the response again after they make a four to three, you guys score. That's been a
4: yeah, it's good. It's something that we can sort of build uh, confidence on, confidence in. I think um, again, it, you come down late in the games, and 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 those are the times where you need you need big plays. You need you need to sort of cut off momentum when it shifts in their direction, and um, and tonight it was one of those things where they they grabbed a bit of momentum there in that little stretch, and and uh, we were able to to. Uh, to grab it back quickly.
0: So if you know how good they can be defensively, but it seemed like right off the drop of the puck, you guys were fast on them. Is that what helped you guys break their defense? Just being fast right off the beginning and, and getting on them quickly?
4: Yeah, I think Yeah, you, you definitely want to try and limit their time with the puck. Um, I thought our D-men played really well in, in transition too. I think they were up into play and, um, and it allowed us to sort of limit their, their transition game back because they got some guys that are, are dangerous off the rush, and we were able to limit that for the most part, and and that sort of translated us into us kind of getting back in their end and, and spending time more, more time there.
3: Yeah, there's been a lot of conversation about how you start off games. How did y'all feel? What was the conversation after the first period? You guys pretty much dominated them in the first period, but still it was tied 1-1. One, one. What's the conversation like after that?
4: i just stick with it. I think... Uh, we came in, and, and, and guys were talking about how, how we, we played a pretty decent first period. We want to try and um, build off that. Um, and yeah, and that's that's the way it is. I think at home, especially, you, you get off to a good start. You want to try and sustain it. If, if things don't immediately turn your way, then you just have to stay with it. And uh, I think we did a good job of that. Thank you. Thank
2: you. All right, there's Saber forward Jeff Skinner. He and the Sabers. Get a 5-3 to three victory over the Buffalo Sabres as we bring it back up here to the press box. We expect more player reaction here in just a moment. But Skinner up to 33. A lot of those questions, again, about him just kind of being an annoyance to the other team. Well, you know, he and the Sabres were, I thought, all over the Islanders early. And, you know, I would agree there about being at 1-1 at the end of the first. It kind of felt disappointing. I thought uh, if you're a Sabre player in the room thinking that, hey, we – we look better than New York did in that first period. We should have had the lead or at least something more on the scoreboard to show for it than a tie game. But, I mean, that didn't corral Buffalo in any way. They come out and play a really good start to the second. They get a goal right away uh, on that carryover penalty opportunity. Darlene gets one on the power play on the slap shot. Uh, that made it 2-1. And then Thompson, by the four oh five mark, it's 3-1 Buffalo. And then Hinnestroza on a beautiful feed from Bjork makes it 4-1. So uh, that carryover of a good first, even though they didn't have anything to show for it in terms of a lead, uh, that didn't maybe uh, you know sink Buffalo's confidence-wise. They stick with the game plan, and obviously it worked very well in period number two. Speaking of Darlene's goal, uh, he's now up to 13 on the season. That's the most goals that any Sabre defenseman has scored in a season since the 2010-11 season. I mean, we're going back a dozen years here. That was Jordan Leopold. Uh, at that moment so a uh, a long time since the Sabre defenseman has contributed this much offensively Darlene now well over 50 points as well as a, he picks up a, a a goal today in this win he was named second star uh, to, uh, Darlene now with 53 points on the season special teams again in favor of the Sabres that's been a big part of this win streak four in a row they've won the special teams battle every night tonight they do it again Uh, This afternoon, rather, one of six on the power play. Buffalo gets it there, and uh, the Islanders do not score. They go zero of two in this one. Some other stats. Final shot totals in the third were 13-11. Buffalo, they end up 35-22 in favor of the Sabres. The Islanders only had 11 shots in the first 40 minutes. Uh, They end up with 22 in the game. Uh, In net, Dustin Tokarski, the win, 19 saves on 22 shots. Back down to the room. The opening goal came from Casey Middlestadt. He's now live.
3: In that and making plays at the same time, it's it's pretty special, and we're just lucky he's on our side. Can you
0: imagine what it'd be like if he was on the other side?
3: Oh no! Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's one of my best friends, and I'm pretty sure I would hate his guts if he was on the other side. So, um, yeah, no, like I said, we're, we're lucky to have him. I'm your play when you score
0: that goalie. You're coming down the ice on the 2-on-1. It looked for all intent. You were shooting the puck all the way. Was that the thought, that you were shooting that one?
3: Uh, honestly, I'm just kind of watching the defenseman, and um, if he comes to me, I'll slide it over to Aspie, and if he doesn't, I'll, I'll fire it. And uh, Yeah, I guess he didn't He didn't come to me, so I um, just fired it and ended up uh, going in, so it felt good.
0: Casey, the response way you guys... About, like, what you guys become
3: of last yeah, yeah. Uh, we knew they were going to come out with a push. Obviously, uh, they're a proud group. They've had a lot of success, and um, but at the same time, we know we can fight back. And um, obviously, we gave up two there that, that we didn't want to give up. And then uh, it's a big goal. Tom and Skinny uh, go make plays just like they've been they've been doing all year for us.
4: You guys have taken another step offensively strength and the power play. How much does it have to just do with continuity? You guys are healthy. You finally have the whole full
1: group on the ice night in and night out.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's been huge just finding some chemistry and obviously there's there's the setup and then there's so many broken plays that just come with, with time and, and chemistry and um, we're starting to make a lot of those plays and uh, obviously that, that usually ends up in goals versus just moving it around and setting it up. So for us it was it was a big goal and obviously a great shot by your eyes.
0: When a team comes back like that, and made it 3-2. I mean, before you guys got a little uptight about it, what's the conversation now on the bench when that happens? It's like, okay, they just scored two, it's 3-2. What are you guys saying to each other?
3: Uh, you know, I think we've we've done a good job just keep going and playing our game. We don't change anything. Um, I thought we played well for – pretty much the whole night tonight, so just get back to our game, but get back in the offensive zone. We want to be aggressive, and, and we want to put pressure on them. We think that's, a, that's the best way to play defense, and uh, obviously we got right back to that. And then, like I said, Tom Rinske, uh made a play just off being aggressive and obviously letting your skill take over. Thanks, everybody. Thanks guys.
2: That is Casey middlestat He got the scoring going just 12-11 into the game with his fifth of the season on a really nice shot. Uh, that beat Sorokin to get Buffalo off and running in that game. But a great quote there from Middlestat asking about uh, what he thought of Skinner. And uh, he says, well, you know, I'm pretty sure, even though he's one of my best friends, that I would hate his guts. <laughs> That's a good line there for sure on uh, what Skinner did to the Islanders today, uh, which, you know, led to that moment where Pelic pokes him and then he gets whacked back and then Martin jumps on top of him. But the Sabres came to his back immediately. Thompson jumps on top of Martin, pulls him down to the ice. Owen Power was jumping in there, too. He grabs Zekas. Tokarski came out of the crease, was steps away if need be. So everybody was there uh, in terms of that thing that maybe could have gotten out of hand. Five goals for the Sabres in the 5-3 win. They've scored five goals now for the third consecutive game. That's the first time since 2008 that Buffalo has scored five in a row in three consecutive games. So the offense is flying here as we get toward the end of the season. The Sabres have now played 80 of 82. There's only two games left, and they are both on Thursday and Friday. uh, Thursday in Boston and Friday in uh, home here for Chicago. And then that'll be it for the regular season. The Sabres have won four in a row. That's the first time that has also happened this season, as they are on their longest win streak. So at the moment right now, the Sabres have 73 points. Uh, They have passed Detroit to a 70. Columbus has 77. That's the team ahead of them. They can't really catch the Blue Jackets. Columbus still has four more games. Even if Buffalo wins both of them, they could move into a tie, but they can't pass. Uh, And that, of course, would mean Columbus would have to go 0 for their next four. But uh, quite a bit of a great turnaround. The Sabres have been one of the best teams in the league in the months of March and April. All right. At this time, we're going to say goodbye to all of our local affiliates. If you want to keep listening to the post game, go to WGR550.com. And if you're listening on our flagship on Sports Radio 550, we still have more post game coming up, including we'll get you more highlights, Don Granado's post game comments, Paul Hamilton's analysis, all coming your way. Final score here from downtown Buffalo it was the Sabres 5 and the Islanders 3. I'm Brian Colziel. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Don Granado has now made his way to the podium after the 5 to 3 Sabres win. Let's go and hear from the Sabres head coach.
5: Yeah, it, uh, I liked the way we started. I liked uh, that we played aggressive and assertive, as we talk about a lot. And, you know, it's a 60-minute game. They're a good hockey team, there's no question. They're an experienced hockey team. And, um, yeah, it could have, you know, as I've mentioned a lot, you know, you can generate the chances, but it does take a little longer to, you know, realize uh, that you can score on some.
0: What did it mean that your team had answers when the score got tight? Your team had physical answers when things got a little crazy. In every area, you were on the mark in that one.
5: Yeah, I I, I loved uh, you know now that we win the game, I said I loved the third period and I just loved it. Uh, you know, we give up a goal, they come within one. The chatter on the bench is is a we get a little nervous, but it was a short span of nervousness. I'm thinking of calling a timeout to calm it down and then. You know, I even stopped my, my own thought. Let's see, let's see how we respond. Let's see, let's you know allow ourselves dig ourselves out of this, uh, wanting to see our guys respond, and they did. And, and then you mentioned the physicality. That's a team that uh, you know has a lot of pride and a lot of competitive people over there. And, and uh, when frustration's elevated, and you know the post whistle stuff, I love the fact that our guys went right back at it, right back at them physically. We had not back off. Uh, Thompson jumping in there for Skinner, the whole five guys jumping in there. Um, you know, I thought it was great. thought it was great. Um, that's what we want. We want guys fighting for each other in, in situations like that. And it was really nice to see.
0: Tom, what can you say about a guy like Skinner who seemed to be getting under Charter's skin early in the game, got under the, their skin by scoring the fifth goal and then got under the skin again by calling, you know, frustrations? What well, is it about that, that kind of thing? Well, we
5: you know we talk a lot, John, about um, you know don't give your emotional energy to the other team and, and don't give it away. Make sure you. What I mean by that is, make sure you're ready to score the goal. Make sure you're ready to execute the play, and and, and don't put all your attention and emotional energy toward you know uh, redemption or v- revenge against a, another opponent. Let's stick stay to task and you know, Skinner's goal there pretty much sealed the game, and it came after all of those, you know, what looked like individual confrontations and altercations. He never lost sight of his responsibility to his team and teammates and, you know, to the system we play, and and, uh, he was ready to score a goal. So I love that. You know, lots of times you get guys that have emotion, and that emotion then pulls them away from their game and their ability to score, and you know, we're uh, that was uh, really something to tip your hat to to uh, Jeff for. We you all, We gave a look at the power play, I
1: guess, late, more, more, more
0: early power play, but then you gave
5: him a look at the end. You just, you just Yeah, you, just you know, it's at... interesting. You, Bill, you, you you say we gave him a look, and I would say we gave him the responsibility because it was a different situation. Late, um, we didn't need to score. We didn't. You know, I pulled our guys over and I said, "Hey, we we can score," and we probably have a better opportunity to score, but we were going to tactically go about it this way, quick. And uh, they, they executed You saw us generate some chances that uh, we could have scored, probably better looks than we had you know, in the earlier power plays, but being a little bit more patient, and uh, Owen was a big part of that. And I, we knew he could handle that um, objective that we laid out, and he did a nice job with it. That's
3: not
4: an easy team to, to generate. Chances against, you know, particularly in five on five. What you guys, what you think about the way you guys attacked offensively and even strength?
5: Yeah, I liked the, our our five on five game a lot. Um, I, I like where our team is. We present stuff to them pre-game and they're executing it so much more, you know, proficiently, um, and that's nice. Um, that uh, you know, they know they, they, they're familiar with each other and personnel, and they're familiar with how we want to play and our identity and. That familiarity allows us to say, okay, now this opponent we want to target, and this is how you're going to generate against them, or this is what you have to defend against them. And uh, our guys are enjoying that; they're picking that up quick, and uh, it's been fun to watch. And I thought they did a real nice job in that tonight. Uh, would have loved to score a little more, but
3: coach, I think you did a phenomenal job uh, with the growth and development this season. What you've done is nothing short of remarkable. A lot of people are uh, happy about this team right now but what's the key ingredients you think for next season that
5: this team may need so that they can get to the next level? Yeah, well, thank you for that. Uh, it's it's a, it's a nice compliment, but it's a lot of people involved in that and, and growth here. And, you know, we, we've we big part of the middle part of the season games, whatever, 20 through 50 were survival. We had lots and lots of injuries and roster depletion, and you're going into games and, just trying to survive it. I've mentioned a lot lately that, you know, we've had a stable lineup and a lineup that uh, I think General Manager Kevin Adams has done an amazing job uh, to, to put a lineup together that we're going to have and could have for many years. So, uh, you know, a year ago I look at our lineup and you look at how many guys were in it that aren't here anymore. We had a lot of UFAs. This time of year right now we are looking at a lineup that, for the most part, will be here in training camp next year because we have these guys signed, and that's exciting for me as a coach because you can build right now for next season, and you can start next season from a foundation that was built this season. You don't have to integrate multiple players, uh, and that's that's really nice as a coach to have that. And like I said, it's a great job by, by Kevin um, and Jeremiah Crow behind the scenes has done a great job, so it's, it's, it's nice to be in this position. Wish
3: there was more games in the season, huh?
5: Yeah, you always you always do, especially when when guys are coming to the rink and they're enjoying it. You, it, you uh, uh, it's a nice feeling as a coach when you see your guys have an appetite for more, and they certainly do at this point. Yep.
2: Yeah, All right, that is Sabres head coach Don Granato following a five to three Buffalo victory. As we bring it back up here to the press box. Okay, uh, we're going to take a timeout, and uh, we've got a few commercials to get in, so we're going to do that. Then we'll come back and uh, get you another highlight or two of the game winner of uh, Jeff Skinner. And then we'll talk to Paul Hamilton, too. So, all that coming up here, we're going to step aside from Keybank Center. 5 3. Sabres beat the Islanders. Up next, a uh, final road game next Thursday in Boston against the Bruins. Brian Colesiel here. Timeout. More post game in a moment. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Colleen gets it ahead, and it's
3: rolled in over the line and brought in now by Thompson. Thompson cutting in, dragging oh, through the shot. Oh,
2: Oliphant! Jeff Skinner's trying. Like a dog after a bone, Jeff Skinner stayed right with it until he jammed it home. And Buffalo is a fight. By- Jeff Skinner, there, 33rd of the season, jamming at home. Thompson and Oliphant assisting. 1240 mark of period three that put buffalo up five three in the cushion uh, that the sabers needed there if the islanders scored twice uh, in a span of less than two minutes that's the play of the game brought to you by seneca sports lounge you can bet on buffalo with seneca resorts and casinos back here in the press box brian Colziel with you let's go down to the media room and bring paul hamilton in now for his thoughts on this one paul that uh i'm gonna say it that most saber saber islander games lately for the last uh handful of seasons have not been entertaining i think that's easy to say however <laughs> today i mean for the kids in the building then they had just about everything that you could have wanted that was a really entertaining win for the sabers
0: absolutely was uh although you didn't get much fight out of the islanders until the third period those first two periods the islanders were a complete embarrassment to that organization i thought they they quit I guess would be the word they just were not there at all they 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 weren't you know and now some of it was the Sabres playing very well and skating well and doing well and and all that but uh I've never seen a Barry Trotz team put 40 minutes in like that that was just uh there was just no emotion there was nothing out of that team and the the Sabres played off it and they were on their game and and imposed their will on the Islanders
2: yeah I was surprised too Paul it's even if the Islanders aren't scoring um, you never usually get kind of a a lackadaisical effort out of them and I mean the Sabres were all over them Uh, I thought you made a really good point after one and it, it did continue the the penalties that the Islanders were taking the type of those penalties the trips and the hooks and the slashes those are a lot of times taken when the other team is either in a better position or outworking you Or out skating you, and it seemed like the Sabers were doing that throughout most of this game today.
0: No, you're absolutely right, and you know the Sabers got six power play opportunities these days. You you usually don't get that. You know the Islanders only got two. You're lucky if you get two now because they're basically officiating in uh, in playoff mode right now. But the Sabers earned those power plays by skating and getting on top of and, and getting up on top of pucks and getting on top of the islanders and uh it was right off the opening face off they were flying right away they came at the islanders quickly and often and you know the islanders didn't have it because that's that's a hard nut to crack you know that defensive style the islanders play it's i mean it, it can just frustrate you and and i've seen it happen so many times and as especially remember last year with the Sabres, they'd get so frustrated because there was just no ice, nowhere to move. They couldn't fight through it. And it's difficult to fight through, but they, they, they absolutely did in this game and high marks for the Sabres, the way they played and even higher marks for when the Islanders woke up, Trotz woke them up in the third period and they started coming at the Sabres, got a couple of goals And, uh, you know, next thing you know, it's a game, you know, it's four, three. And instead of being four, one and a couple, you know, three months ago, that would have happened and it would have been, uh uh-oh. And then it would have been, can your goaltender hold them off for the rest of the game to get you a win instead, you know, Thompson makes a great rush into the zone, goes straight to the net, takes the puck to the net. There's a save on that, but who's to the net with him. Jeff Skinner is right there to convert on the rebound and, you know, Buffalo responds once again, and we're getting more used to, I think, seeing Buffalo respond now if something goes bad instead of sitting back going, uh oh.
2: Yeah. Paul Hamilton here on the post game with me, Brian Cosio. Five three, Buffalo wins it. Paul, let's let's talk about Skinner. I love Don Granado's quote. I'm paraphrasing here. He says, We talk a lot about giving emotional energy to the other team. Uh, but make sure you're ready to score The goal or make the play. He says, "Stay the task." And he said Skinner's goal pretty much seals the game. He goes, despite all the other stuff that was going on with Skinner and the Islanders, he said he never lost sight of his responsibility to the team of what he's supposed to do to help win the game. And um, obviously, that's a a different quote uh, than maybe we would have gotten on Skinner from the previous coach. Yeah,
0: and I've always said this. You and I have talked about this since he's come to Buffalo that. He's at his best when he's what you saw today, you know, where he's agitating and he's in the other team's face and, you know, they all want to jump him. And it, it wasn't even Martin that, that he was in the scrum with, but all of a sudden Martin comes over and he's frustrated with him. So he decks him, basically jumps him and gets on top. Um, I, the, the, I I didn't even mind that as much. You know what bothered me? That whole scrum was Sezek grabbing it was, you know, taking on power, um, and Fitzgerald was—I mean, he was over there. He was fit to be tied. I mean, he wanted he wanted Sezikis in the worst way, and I—and I'm probably wrong on this, but I would have given it to him. I would have put Fitzgerald out there in the power play while Zezecas was killing the penalty, and the, the, it would have been—it's it's on. Yeah, it's on. You know, uh, I definitely would have done that. But as I said, I'm probably wrong on that because I go off a little bit on that. Don Granato probably had the more prudent response. Paul,
2: Don Granato would say say you need to keep your emotional energy (laughs) for you and not the other team. Come on. Use his quote. He's telling you what to do. (laughs) Yeah, as
0: I said, Don Granato probably (laughs) did the right thing. Not me. But, you know, the hockey player in me would have said, yeah, let let Fitzgerald go out there and settle that score. (laughs)
2: All right, a couple of good stats here, Paul. Uh, let's start with Darlene, 13th goal, the most by a defenseman since 2010 season with Jordan Leopold. So not only is he making plays for others, but he's contributing scoring too.
0: Yeah, he is. And ever since he's gone over to the right side, uh, you know, he's almost had two points a game. You know, that's just, this is the sixth game. And uh, he, he's just been really, really phenomenal. And he mentioned that before, he went over and played a game on the right side, That his offense tends to be better over there, and it's definitely panned out that way. He's he's seeing more of the ice, and he's taking more advantage of things, and that was an interesting goal because he got his head up a little bit, and you saw him. It looked like he was going to shoot, and then he didn't, and then he, he, he lifted the stick again and ripped it. I'm not sure if Tuck had a screen or not. He was around there. At, at first, I thought Sorokin just missed it, and saw it, but um, I'm not. I'm not positive if Tuck actually had the screen or not. Yeah,
2: and here's another stat to finish, Paul. Five goals for the third consecutive game. That's the first time Buffalo's done that since 2008. So that's. I mean, that's a 14-year stat. Uh, yeah, I
0: wouldn't have guessed fun. that. Yeah, I know it's not done often, but I wouldn't have guessed it'd been that long. But uh, that's a. That's a really good stat, and uh, you know, first time all year they've won four in a row too. That's right. So uh, you know, give them credit for that, and uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens as as the season winds down. I know people are probably getting sick of, but look how many people were there, and I understand that they were cut rate tickets out there for kids, but to me, that's smart. I think the Sabers were very smart to do that, get some people in the building so they can see your product. You know. So they can come in here and see these kids and see the kind of, uh, you know, the the heart that they have and, and and just the way they're performing and how much they've improved and, you know, get people excited about it. So I, I think it, it was a very smart move to discount those tickets to get people in the building because now maybe over the summertime they're going to say, you know what, I've liked what I've seen. From that team in the last two months, maybe I want to come be a part of that. Maybe they will buy a ten-game package, you know, or, or something like that. It might not necessarily be a season ticket; it could be. But you know, maybe they'll buy a ten-ten game package to come see this group. So I, I think it was a very smart move by the organization to do that.
2: Attendance was essentially almost thirteen thousand. It was like twelve twelve thousand nine five five. So uh, mm-hmm. thirteen thousand. It's one of the larger crowds this year. Paul, let's finish with the injury report. Let's just talk about Craig Anderson quickly here. Brought to you by Losey and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. Uh, I know you had said that the a- Anderson injury is very minor. He actually maybe could have even dressed had it been a night game.
0: Yeah, that it's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, know, the, you know, Don said that, and uh, maybe he just needed more time to get through the day, you know, I know Anderson has talked about when he had the uh, disc injury earlier in the year. Remember how he said like he'd go out at practice and it was kind of bugging him a little bit, but the more he practiced and the more a game went on, the better it felt. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if maybe this is just sore right now. And if he would have had more of the day to get himself prepared, he could have been the backup. Uh, Cause he knew he wasn't playing. This was Takarski's game. He was scheduled to play this game. So the question is, are you comfortable backing up? And he said no. But if it's if it's that same thing, I remember him taking us through that. And that would make sense. Why maybe he could have backed up if it were a 7:05 game instead of a 12:30 game. Yeah.
2: All right, Paul. Two left. One on the road in Boston on Thursday, and then one home here against Chicago on Friday, and that'll be it. Another big gap here in between when the Sabers play. Um, but as you said, the players seem to be wanting to play here they don't want it to end I know probably for fans Paul here's maybe what they are thinking okay let's end it so we can start the next one like let's wipe the slate clean and maybe how about on May 1st we start over and get it going to see (laughs) where this next season can go
0: well people have talked about you know having a to take the non-playoffs teams and have a tournament for the first round pick you know the first overall pick or do something like that or do something similar to what the NBA is doing Um, because there was a time when there was only 21 teams in the NHL, there were 16 teams that made the playoffs and it's like, oh, come on, you can't have all but five of your teams in the playoffs, but 21 teams has now become 32 teams and you still only have, you know, 16 teams in the playoffs. And I think, you know, the NBA idea, uh, you know, the way they do it of kind of have play in games. Uh, to, to, to you know, for the last two seeds to get into the playoffs, that might be something to consider because, again, it's money. I mean, team the NHL is trying to generate revenues and money. Well, if you allow – what was the NBA? They allow five, four extra teams in and they have that, that play down. Is that what, yep. what so, uh, happened? So
2: they Yeah, so seven, eight uh, – obviously, it's normally eight are in, but they changed it to – The 7, 8, 9, and 10 now all enter that play-in. And they have 7 and 8 play to get in. Whoever wins the 7 and 8 game gets in. And then the 7 and 8 loser plays the 9-10 winner for the other spot to become the official 8 seed. So you end up getting 2 extra in the East, 2 extra in the West, and uh, it plays out like that. So just to, you know, let's play it out here. Why not here, Paul? Uh, If you did that in the NHL... Right now, the 7, 8, 9, 10 would be Boston, Washington, the Islanders, and Columbus in the east, which means the Sabres would be four points behind the last team in the play-in game, which would be Columbus. So that at least would have made this more dramatic here coming down this stretch. I don't know if the, I don't think they can pass Columbus uh, with only four points with only two, go, two games left. But, boy, that would have been kind of fun if they were like, oh, my God, they're four points behind the play-in spot here. That would have been fun. But I, I, I think the NHL should do it. As you said, the percentage of teams making the playoffs uh, for now having 32 teams, uh, go ahead and, and do that play-in thing. It's more revenue, it's more eyeballs, and there's more teams that are in it. I, I, don't, I don't see why not. You're still eventually having a one through eight Stanley Cup playoffs, which uh, ultimately is still going to get you know, where you're playing the best of sevens. So I, I think well, you can well, still have the old and the new.
0: Well, you're opening the doors three to more times in each conference. So you're opening the doors to an arena six more times if you did follow the NBA format yeah. where you're getting fans in the building, parking, concessions, the whole thing. So you're going to get revenues out of that. And that just helps, you know, especially now the NBA is a lot richer and has a lot more revenues than the, the NHL does. And Bettman seems to be, from what I understand, the one who doesn't want this. It's like, absolutely not whereas maybe there's some other folks that, that, that want it, but he doesn't. But I would think the owners absolutely would want it because, you know, it's more revenues. Now, whether the Players Association would agree to it, there are ways. You might have to give some things up yep. uh, to to get them to agree to it, but I think there are ways to do it, and players want to play important playoff games and get into those. So um, I just I just don't understand why – you know they're so staunch in not expanding the playoffs a little bit to make a little more money for the league
2: and think about how over this east has been there's been no race in the east of who's in and who's out we've known the 8 since like january but suddenly if there is this play in the islanders the blue jackets the sabers and the red wings are all in play and how more in, how much more interesting is it and and the east is even a bad example if you go to the west there's so many more That would be in play and now the trade deadline is juicier you know as you said you know there's possible more interest in these games so guess what if there's more interest in Columbus and in the Islanders and the Sabres and the Red Wings guess what Paul all these games in the month of March and April there's more eyeballs on the TV broadcast there's more people in the building even for the regular season games because the Sabres are still in it and these other teams would be still in it it seems like it makes too much sense I don't know why but you know why? Yeah, we could. It? I know. We absolutely, we absolutely, <laughs> could.
0: We absolutely could be sitting here talking about meaningful games right now. Yeah. I mean, here at the end of April now, the the chances of the Sabers making it would be slim, but they'd still have a chance. Here in, in late April, we'd still be talking about here's this red hot Saber team that has learned how to play, and they still have a chance to get in you yeah, know, and, 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 you know, it just changes the whole narrative and the conversation
2: with two games left. They still would not be eliminated from that play in games. So, yeah. That would be fun. Oh, well, I know uh, you, you and I have tossed around many ideas for the NHL and they've ignored pretty much all of them. So I'm going to guess this is going to go the same way, but let's well, hope let's, maybe they let's
0: start our own tournament. I know the Sabres <laughs> will be, same, they, they don't want the season to end. Let's call the blue jackets and whatever, and see if they all want to uh, continue as, and, and try to get into the playoffs.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know the 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 top eight seeds are great in the East. Of course, the Sabers wouldn't be favored against any of these teams. But I bet you some some of those East teams would be like, "Oh, we don't want to play Buffalo right now. They're as hot as anybody." So
0: it's experience, though. If you if you sneak into the play in and you're red hot, and then you make the top eight, you know by by the play in, yep. uh, You know then, well, at least you have the experience of playing in a seven game series. Or however many games it might wind up being, right? Uh, You know, you yeah, you you probably aren't favored, and you probably aren't going to win that series. But at least these young kids would have the opportunity to be in a series like that and understand what it's about, and then understand during the summertime what they're going to need to do to be able to get over the hump in that type of a series.
4: Yep, I
2: would agree. All right, Paul. Well. We'll send the uh, the on demand audio to Gary Bettman's office. We'll see if we get any reply from it uh, on our <laughs> on our case. I think it's a strong one, but yeah. All right, Paul. Thank you. Uh, we will chat Thursday. Sabers and Bruins and from Boston.
0: I will be there. Take care.
2: Okay, great. Paul Hamilton here on our Sabers post game. Yeah, let's get the playing going for the playing tournament for the NHL. It just makes too much sense. I definitely am not a let's add guys to the playoffs thing, but. It's not, you're not adding them to the series, you know, it, you're not. it's not seven games, I don't need ten teams playing seven game series, it can still be the eight, but the play-in tournament in the NBA is brilliant, you still are rewarding seven and eight for being in what would be traditional spots by only having to win one game to get in, and then the nine, ten are the extra guys that are there for the bonus action, they've got to win two to get in, so um, it just makes too much sense. There's a week in the NBA now where you had arenas filled, where you had, you know, games on ESPN and TNT that people are watching, advertising dollars, as Paul said, concessions, parking, all that stuff. Like, and the month leading up, the last month of the season where these teams would have been eliminated, they're no longer eliminated. So guess what? There's more eyeballs on the team there. There's more attention. There's more ticket sales. There's more people coming in games that maybe for a team that's eliminated, you know, the building isn't as full, so... I don't know, makes too much sense, but who knows? Maybe the NHL will wise up, because if money's involved and they can make more money off of it, you'd think they would do it. All right, today's game, 5-3 the final, and uh, as we said, just two left. One on the road, one at home. Boston on the road next Thursday. Chicago here next Friday. Uh, that's the last home game, fan appreciation night, and of course Rick's last call. Uh, they'll be giving away RJ t-shirts uh, for the first 10,000 fans in that one next Friday night here against Chicago. And with that, we're going to say goodbye here from KeyBank Center. Want to thank our crew. Zach Jones back in our Amherst studio. Zach and I were up early for tea to Green. It's 7 in the morning, and uh, we're still going strong here. Zach, thank you for your great work all day. Jonathan Coziel po- producing here at KeyBank Center. Thank you, sir. Paul Hamilton, our reporter. Uh, and, of course, our game announcers, Rick Jenneret and Rob Ray. Our engineer, Tom Maddie. My name is Brian Coziel. Final score again here from downtown Buffalo. It was the Sabres 5 and the Islanders 3. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Sabres and Bruins, right here on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Have a great day, everybody.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better.